Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing, man? Doing all right, good sir. Hope you had a uh, good Christmas for all those out there that celebrate. And you know, as we're heading into, wow, man, New Year's Eve, almost 2021. I think uh, everybody will be happy to see this year uh, head on head on out. Yeah, yeah, not sorry to see 2020 go, but, um, you know, I, I realized that The Office isn't going to be on Netflix anymore in 2021, so not off to well, a great start gotta, there either. Dude, Peacock, man. No. You got to get the cock. I'm, mm. You haven't, you haven't, you haven't joined the cock yet? Nah, nah, not really? yet. See, I've, I'm, I've been, already, been... I'm already uh, subscribed to the cock. I, uh, you know, being a Premier League fan, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, the only reason to subscribe to the cock. Oh, well, yeah, that one. But uh, so. now, that, now that the office is on, it definitely adds a nice little, uh, little extra reason uh, for the cock to be in your life, you know? Well, that's true. That's true. So I, I've, been, I've been binging a little bit. I'm in season three now and we started yesterday so have you never you've never are you just getting your last last i'm getting i'm getting a last this is maybe my 10th or 11th uh watch through so now there's always comedy central do you have any kind of regular tv yeah yeah i can do that too that's true i was gonna say i mean that's actually where i catch it the most to be honest with you i i just because i'll be flipping through channels after after work, seeing what's on, and I'm like, oh, The Office, oh, this is one of the good seasons, you know, and then I just put it on, and I end up, you know, going down the rabbit hole and watching two or three or four episodes of The Office, you know, um, in the evening. Yeah, but commercials. Work. I know. Whatever. But when you're, when you're mindlessly just after work, just trying to, like, you know, zone and stuff, that's, I don't know, that's kind that's of true. how I relax. It depends. Depends on what you're looking for exactly. But, you know, hey, I, I, I don't mind commercials occasionally. It's, it's, it's almost a nice change when there's a commercial. It's like, oh, yeah, they're still around. Nah, not about them. No, about, no, yeah. no. They, they yeah. keep stuff not, free. Not, not no, for me. I say, that, but <laughs> I say that, but I also have a crazy bill for all the television shows and sports and all that stuff that I watch. Nothing's really free, uh-huh. even with commercials. Yeah, commercials are for bathroom breaks. That's about it. But that is um, true. Getting back to our originally <laughs> scheduled programming. Yes, sir. Uh, it was just another day at the office for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. How about that yes. little segue? Yeah, it certainly was, man. It, it's when when you see this this rushing attack, you know, in top form like they are right now. Man, is it a fun thing to watch. I mean, that just makes every other aspect of their offense dangerous. Even when, you know, Lamar Jackson has a game where, sure, he only he threw for under 200 yards, but he still had two touchdowns through the air. And the, the receivers were still dangerous. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's Ravens need. They're getting hot at the right time offensively. I definitely have some concerns on the defense, which we'll talk about later. But but man, that that running game is a rolling. Yeah, it certainly is. Ravens beat the Giants twenty-seven to thirteen, a fairly nip and tuck uh, affair. 
the Ravens received the ball first and just, you know, kind of set the tone right away with a with an eight-minute drive. They dominated time of possession in the first half and kind of just, you know, coasted the first to the quarter finish time there. Of possession was just crazy. It was like 12 yep. minutes to three. Thir- 13 minutes and 17 seconds to one minute and 43 seconds. Yes. That the is second, crazy. Second quarter was nine minutes and 21 seconds to five minutes and 39 seconds. And then the Giants ended up winning time of possession in the second half. But by then, uh, it was pretty much a done deal. Um, like you said, the running game is catching fire. And, you know, this week, you can't really say that it was against a bad defense because the Giants were number six against the rush as far as yards allowed. And then the Ravens go out and put up 250 on them. And, uh, you know, that's that's no small feat. You know, they do have some quality players on that Giants defense like we saw them that make some plays. But um, Greg Roman's really got this thing rolling. You know, we were talking about some of the new types of runs with J.K. Dobbins coming in, like almost that jet sweep kind of action. You know, having defenses have to guess side to side and not be able to attack uh, north and south immediately. And, um, you know, the the offensive line is really gelling. Both uh, Orlando Brand Jr. and Bradley Bozeman continue to be really effective pullers and keep getting blocks on on guys in the secondary. And I feel bad for these little corners out there seeing Bradley Bozeman and, and Orlando Brown Jr. coming full speed at them. But, you know, the, they are opening up some massive, massive holes for J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Lamar Jackson. And um, it's, it's, it's reminiscent of last year. It's different than last year. But, like, that dominance on the ground is certainly reminiscent of, of last year's offense. Oh, it's very reminiscent of last year, but there's that extra tweak with J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. And those plays where you've got Dobbins and Edwards on the field together yeah. have been so incredibly effective. And surprisingly, in some cases, through the air, throwing to Gus Edwards of all players. You know, I it's you know, I, having Dobbins in motion is just murder for the defense. And, you know, we're already seeing how amazing he is when he can get to the edge. And if you're giving him a head start, oh, my God. Um, and, you know, obviously, Lamar is only going to reap the benefits of that because, I mean, he ended up running for 80 yards. So and that was all a lot of those were based off of those misdirection plays where the defense doesn't know whether J.K. Dobbins is going to get the ball running in motion towards Lamar or if Lamar's just going to take off. And it's it's just tremendous. And I don't see it's, – it's, it's, it's so similar to last year, but it's different from last year in a really good way. Yeah, last year was a lot of the zone read where, where Lamar would read the guy on the edge and decide to keep it if, if he wanted to. But this one has been like this this year's or this version of the offense that we're seeing right now has been become even more complex because of, like you said, that head start that J.K. Dobbins has his ability to not just get to the edge, but stick his foot in the ground and cut up field when you're least expecting it. Uh, whenever he sees a, a little hole, um, Gus Edwards is, you know, probably showing more than he ever has as a running back is the way I see it because 
you know, he's always been like the power guy, but now, like you said, he's catching passes. He's also himself is showing some ability to reverse field. You know, we've seen it against the Browns, his touchdown run. He kind of ran the other way that, you know, the play looked like it was designed to go to the left. He goes to the right and runs for a touchdown. We saw it again uh, this week. He plays supposed to go to the right. He ends up cutting it all the way back left and he gets that edge as well. So he is playing some of the best we've ever seen him play. And I mean, of course, Lamar is Lamar. Like you said, it is it is back to being a real three headed attack back there. And uh, it it is it's just wild because, you know, even a good run defense looked bad uh, against this yeah. Ravens offense. It, it was it was pretty special to see uh, them establish their offense that way from the very beginning and then just take off from there. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked over the last several weeks about how much Orlando Brown has been establishing himself and making himself some money. Well, Gus Edwards is another one of those players. I mean, wow, is he is he performing? And, you know, hopefully the Ravens keep both of these guys and reap the benefits, but it also will give them some assets as well. Um, You know, actually, is Gus a free agent? After this season, um, can you look that one up while I look I up look Bradley up. Bozeman? Let me look that up. Give me a second. Yeah, I'm looking up Bradley Bozeman because I've been really impressed the last several weeks with him. Uh, okay, so Bozeman is under contract for next year as well, and just the way that I mean, he's been connecting on every on almost every single pull that he has. Ben Powers again, you know, like we're not the offensive line isn't like blasting people off the ball they're not like driving defenses back three four yards the complexity of the offense and their ability to successfully pull and and make defenses play east west is what has has really changed over these past handful of weeks and uh that's been really impressive i did i did want to bring up um a, a certain point of view that i don't know if you you've thought about yet but there's a whole camp out there, like the analytics guys like to talk about, like running backs don't matter. Like you shouldn't sign running backs to a lot of money. You shouldn't draft running backs very high, all that kind of stuff. We have essentially two ends of the spectrum. We have J.K. Dobbins was the second running back drafted this year. And we have Gus Edwards, who is a undrafted free agent out of Rutgers. And they're both playing really well. So, I mean... Is this an example of like? I think it's got to be a case by case. You've got to be smart. Um, I think certainly, you know, I I tend to agree in some cases with the eh, running backs or you know grow on trees, but I mostly feel that way about your second and third string backs. I, you know, because you you need, especially in the Ravens kind of offense, you need that bell cow guy. You truly need that. And we didn't have that till we had Ingram. I mean, I like I liked Gus Edwards two years ago, but really until last year, we had been missing that guy. And then when we didn't have him in the playoffs, that killed us. At least now we can go, okay, well, Gus Edwards has has gotten even more of a chance to establish himself now. 
But you also have this electric player like J.K. Dobbins, who we knew would be special when we drafted him. So there's, I, I, I think it's, I think it's almost a situation where you're just more likelier to hit on a running back in the later rounds because you're going to be able to find an athlete that you can mold where, you know, and, and let's face it, running backs get, get run into the ground, man. I mean, look at Ingram. He had a great one, one year, you know, one year career as a Raven, basically. And I, you talked to me last year. I wouldn't have thought that. But there's no way he's a Raven next year. As much as I love Mark Ingram, that's just the reality of the running back position. And now we've got J.K. Dobbins. And, and it wouldn't shock me if somehow some team came to us because they decided they'd rather trade a third-round pick or something. for, Or they sign him to some big deal as like a restricted free agent. I mean, because it's only his third season. So he should have – we should have one more season of control. I think he's – I, mm-hmm. I, ESPN, I, I, it's not where I should be looking, but we started talking about other things, but they didn't have his contract status. Um, anyway, um, I would think he'd be as, cause he was a, um, he was a, uh, unrestricted or undrafted free agent, correct? Yes. So that would mean he probably will be a restricted free agent after this season. And so we'd have to tender him. And so, you know, we're going to tender him as a whatever the highest tender we'd, we'd give him. Because otherwise, we wouldn't get any compensation regardless if somebody signed him. So, you know, it's. I mean, would somebody sign? Let's say we, whatever that highest tender is, let's say it's a second round or third round pick. Would somebody, would somebody sign Gus Edwards for that? Maybe. Maybe. Is that, is that a crazy sentiment? Like, that's the thing though. I mean, if you, if you give him a second or third round tender, like it's, it's like you have to, Imagine J.K. Dobbins was a second-round pick, so it's either the chance yeah. to pick J.K. Dobbins or get a running back who's already been in the league for a little bit. So it's it's always an interesting conversation. Yeah, it depends like on you what said, you're it looking is case for. I case, mean, if you're right? looking for that guy, I mean, because we needed Mark Ingram when we got him. You know, we don't need him now. Thankfully, he did his job for the time we needed him. But there was certainly a point where now, look, I. I think Gus Edwards is a, is also in a way different point in his career and physically than than Ingram was from last year to this year. But, you know, let's say Priest Holmes, you know, somebody going out and getting him when he left the Ravens and went to the Chiefs and absolutely blew up. You mm-hmm. know, that could certainly happen with a Gus Edwards because, you know, at this point, J.K. Dobbins is the future at running back. So if someone comes out and you know, go anyway, we don't have to keep talking about that. But the point of all that is, is Gus Edwards is making himself some money. And, you know, along with uh, our boy Orlando Brown, you know, here are some of these younger players that are continuing to prosper and develop in front of us here. And uh, the Ravens have an abundance of riches at certain positions and, it's a wonderful thing, but it's going to be real interesting to see how they sort through the cap implications 
as uh, as we keep progressing forward. Yeah, for sure. It's it's always an interesting conversation. Every, everybody's got their own, uh, you know, their own leanings on, on the running back position. But you know, the, the Ravens certainly benefit from having four pretty good ones. So um, you know, Dobbins and Edwards stay hot. The offensive line stays hot. Lamar stays hot. Both on the ground and through the air. I mean, like you said, less than 200 yards throwing for Lamar, but he was lethal efficiency wise, you know, almost you know, over 10 yards per completion. Uh, you know, you mentioned the two touchdowns and I'm going to make you mad right here, but Marquise Brown, another touchdown. That's three in the last four weeks. You know, he's, he's same with Des Bryant, another touchdown two in the last yeah. few weeks. Yeah. Des Bryant, little, uh, red zone threat all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's again, shades of last year, you know, last year's passing offense wasn't consistently putting up 300, 400 yards, whatever, but the passes that were made were extremely efficient. They were lethal. Mark Andrews, yeah, Mando heavily involved again, made some really clutch catches. He also dropped two touchdowns that I thought he could have, might've been able to catch. Um, but, you know, again, very involved. He had 10 targets. So, you know, you know another interesting uh, Lamar stat, I mean, just talking about, you know, being lethal throwing the ball. Apparently, Lamar has never thrown a red zone interception. Yeah, he's like 40-something yeah, red 40 zone touchdowns. In and he now has the, the most without throwing James an interception. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's pretty that's pretty amazing. I, you know, um, I mean, I guess you think about it. We, we do run the ball quite a bit. In the red zone, but I don't know, he's still chucking it. I mean, it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't get shy trying to get his receivers to football down there. So um, and I'm just kind of surprised with all of the craziness that can happen that he hasn't thrown a pick. I mean, that shows you how how careful Lamar actually is, you know, and, and he probably does need some more credit than he probably gets a lot, um, at, you know, as, as a thrower, you know, for that kind of decision making. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, red zone turnovers stink. I mean, you can ask the Texans about that. You know, they had two against the Colts this year, both opportunities to, to win, and they, they turn it over right on the goal line at the end of the game. But, yeah, I mean, Lamar, again, fantastic, really good game. Um, I can't uh, – right now I can't recall any throws that he, like, straight up missed. Um, I don't know. I, I think don't know there if you were one think or two deep throws again that weren't the greatest. But, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. You know, I think that the, 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 t- the most telling thing for me about Des Bryant, and I don't – Maybe this is, we can stamp this as my overreaction of the week. But how little he's been able to to play, yet how much he's actually been able to perform, considering. Mm-hmm. I think it shows you how, if we were to actually get talented wide receivers in this offense, that they would perform. Does yeah, Des Bryant only yeah only 19 snaps against the Giants, but he did have the one catch for a touchdown. Um, again, like that red zone threat, just understanding against 
the zone that the Giants like to run. They were running it essentially all game. And uh, the, the, his previous touchdown was against man coverage, coming back to his quarterback and coming back to the ball. He's just a red zone threat, and, and that's really nice to see somebody added to that along with the run game. And obviously, Mark Andrews is a red zone threat for the Ravens. So, you know, the options are, are adding up for, for Lamar down there. So hopefully that, that streak of no interceptions continues. But um, he's certainly, like you said, red zone threat. Um, and and production in limited opportunities so far. So uh, still good to see that. Let's see. I'm going to go through my notes here, see if I had anything on the offense, anything else on the offense. I mean, we, we mentioned like the ridiculous time of possession. I mean, that was insane. But then right before the half, one minute and eight seconds, when you got to move the ball quick, they were able to move the ball very quickly. They get a field goal right before the half. So, I mean, they were able to do essentially anything they wanted against the Giants, who, again, like we said, not a bad defense, but the Ravens were able to methodically move the ball down the field. They were able to make some chunk plays and move the down, move um, down the field. So very impressive all the way around. And um, it, unless you have anything else to add... Yeah, other than, you know, it's just good to get them hot as we get into the playoffs. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. you think about, let's let's just compare and contrast this season to last season. Sure, we went through a terrible stretch, like you will all, every year. No matter what happens, a crappy stretch of football is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately, our crappy stretch of football last season happened at the end of the year. Really. So this year, it's good to be hot heading into the playoffs. We're not resting people. We're not getting that arbitrary week off. You know, you're not, you know, it's, it sucks. You know, it's, I don't, I don't know that I ever want a playoff by. Truly. Because it kills your flow. I really feel that way. I, I don't know. Is that my over? Is that my overreaction of the week? No, because I saw Jameson Hensley. That could. I mean, I don't know. Jameson Hensley tweeted earlier today that uh, a number one seed that rests their quarterback in week seventeen and then has the bye has lost the three straight times. The last year it was Lamar. I forget who the other two were. But when you're the first seed and you rest your starting quarterback in week 17 and then you have the bye and then you come back and play in the divisional round, the last three have lost. So maybe something to that. And that's only three. But that is three that yeah. have lost. So I just know, feel like, you know, you look but, at our you look at our offense, you know, it's definitely a rhythm kind of system. And. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm overstating things and overlooking at that. But to me, it just you get them going, and then okay, now now we're now we're just gonna keep pounding. And hey, if if we can, you know, sort of what Tennessee did last year, heading into the playoffs. I know that they may end up being one of the, you know, one of the people we play again. But you know, it could be that kind of a kind of a run um just running over people 
I guess, and we can talk, you know, if, as we want to transition to the to the defensive side of the ball, you know, my concern, and certainly I hope that this will improve as we get to the playoffs, I wouldn't mind us sitting some of our defensive starters just to make sure that we keep our folks getting getting healthy. Yeah, I, I was surprised to see Marcus Peters out again. Um, I didn't realize how significant his calf injury was. Um, I think that that's probably a wise move with a guy like Jimmy Smith. Um, and, uh, and of course, they didn't really need Marcus Peters in this game because the, the Giants didn't really have too many weapons at wide receiver that really scared uh, scared the Ravens. Um, I do I do agree. I don't want to rest too many guys of course because uh still got to win on on sunday yeah, you do essentially essentially you still have to win on sunday um because then you leave too many things up to chance uh if you lose but you know you see marlon humphrey get hurt you see deshaun elliott get hurt um Clayus campbell still not 100 percent, but he's coming back you know that secondary is getting awful thin especially now that uh Big you time. know stone is is no longer available he's on the texans now after getting waived um, the safety position is extremely thin. Uh, the corner position is thin. You know, e- even though I do think I was pretty impressed with Anthony Averett uh, coming back, it seems like he's rounding back into what we saw before his collarbone. He's injury. starting to get kind of feisty back there. You know, he's starting to like make some plays and yeah, get a little, yeah, he almost had get a, a little rowdy and stuff. I mean. And look, I, not that I want guys to be like filled with hubris and all that stuff, but you know you need that as a corner, and I'm not going to be that upset if he starts to feel like he's coming into his own. If that's if that's going to help him, you know, continue to establish himself as a player, that's great to see. I mean, hopefully that's him feeling a little bit more comfortable out on the field as he keeps playing. Yeah. For sure. So if you if you come if you get your guys healthy, you have Humphrey, Peters, Smith, and Averett. I mean, that's a really good top four. We've been saying that all year that the corners, when healthy, are the best group in the NFL. The thing that does concern me is that safety depth because after Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott, you know, then you're looking at Anthony Levine, who's who's a special teams guy. You're looking at Jordan Richards, who's also a special teams guy. Um, I think at this point, the real backup safety is Chris Board, and he certainly doesn't have the speed. You know, while he does have some good aspects to his game, he doesn't have that safety speed. So very, very thin back there. Uh, and that is my concern, I guess, uh, is is making sure that those guys uh, get healthy and we can try to establish some depth behind them just in case. Yeah, that's definitely a major concern. Just the secondary overall and depth right now. I mean, any, you know, Pierre Desir. I mean, I'm not really. Oh, man. Um. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's all. Just leave it at that. I mean, I, I don't have much more to add. You said it eloquently. I we we have issues. So uh, a guy that was released by the Lions earlier. I think it was last week and and been been some rumors about him coming to the Ravens. He tweeted something about the Ravens or a Raven uh, earlier today was J Ron curse. He's more of a strong safety type. Um, 
Is but, he related to Javon Kurth, or am I just? That's possible. Making, I, because I, their names rhyme, making things up in my head. Let's see. I'll go into his pro football reference. So he's he's almost twenty seven. He's let's see, drafted by the Vikings, then was just released by the Lions. Loves oh, those he's, uh, he's actually North teams. Yeah, Javon Curse is his uncle. Uncle. Yeah. Wow. How, how weird that? is that? That's crazy. Uncle. Yep. And then and then I don't know if he feels like a young uncle. Philip but Cannon. Javon Curse may be a lot older than <laughs> than I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, do you remember the name? Uh, and now I'm as I think about the fact that he was on those Titans teams from back in the day with Steve McNair. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's 44. Never mind. <laughs> he's 44. <laughs> he was 30, 33 when he retired. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, that is surprising. He didn't. He did retire young when he was at the Eagles. Yeah, he, uh, that was a shame. He didn't quite live up to things. But yeah, as I'm forty, forty one, it's kind of like, oh shit. Uh, anyway, so I'll I'll just step away from that comment now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's just jump right back into it. He would yeah, be a nice so, addition. So his, because his nephew is uh, maybe a Raven. Huh? It would be lovely if he would be, because, like I said, we don't have any depth back there. He has experience uh, over the past five years in the NFL. He's he's played some free safety, but mostly strong safety. He's 6'4", uh, 6'4", 215, so he's a big guy. Um, so it, it would be nice to add somebody with some NFL experience yeah. to to the roster, because... You know, just think about going up against, you know, the Chiefs, the Bills, yeah. anybody, and oh, you lose dude. one of your starting safeties. How how good are the Bills, man? I Josh Allen is a heck of a quarterback, and dude, Stephon Diggs just killed me in fantasy last week. <laughs> I mean, he just killed me. Good player, man. Good players well, all the way around. I'll tell you what, I was. I was down by 73 points in the championship, and I had Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Came back and won. No on, way! On Monday night, yeah. It was sick. Dude, congratulations. So, That's amazing. Yeah. No Let's one circles the wagon. Championships on crab takes and football, everybody. Yes, sir. Let's go. Trophies only. Trophies only. Let's um, go. That's the way we roll. Oh, yeah. Although yeah. I say that, I, I came in fourth place in my league. But anyway, anyway we still made the play. Hey. All right. Yeah. Right. You know, I won the championship last year too, and the Ravens didn't do great in the playoffs. So maybe, uh, hopefully, that's just you know correlation well, and not causation. Your, your domination is just you know that's separate from from the Ravens. Oh yeah, yeah, that's separate. It's got to be separate. Um, okay. Be separate. Let's talk other defense. Chris Board, big game for him. I was happy to see Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Getting a lot more playing time recently. Um, he he's looked really good again. Like I said, at linebacker and at safety. That's my game ball. I'll just say it right now. All right, there you go. Um, my game ball is talking Jeff about Edwards. it now. I'll just say he gets my game ball. Chris Ford, as you right. said, just fantastic game. He continues to just develop in front of our eyes. I mean, our our linebacking core between he and Queen and uh uh. Harrison and wow, let's go, dude. Fort is a beast too. I mean, he's yeah, been Fort awesome at Bowser, everything. I mean, let's go yeah. from a 
for a group that I have disparaged a lot recent seasons, man, am I happy with their this group right now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That whole that whole group has been really good. Uh, more consistent pressure from our outside linebackers as well. Um, Justin Matabike had a really nice game. He had his first career sack. I mean, I'm I'm the more I see him, the more excited I get for what he's going to bring to the table with more consistent snaps next year. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, unfortunately injured uh, during the game, but you know before that you know, was was still providing pressure. And Brandon Williams active again. I mean, there's a lot of good that was happening on the defense. We did see quite a few mistakes as well, though. Some some undisciplined plays and penalties. Um, you know, it, there's there's just ways in which this defense, no matter how much gets invested into it, just seems to slowly, slightly unravel a little bit in second halves, which allows teams to get back into games. So don't love to see that, but, you know, they were able to put together enough uh, on Sunday to keep the Giants under wraps. I I mean, I I felt maybe a little bit of stress in that second half as, as uh, Danny yeah. Jones, you know, was moving the ball a little bit. I, I, how did you feel about their performance? Oh, I mean, I, I look, I, I don't want this to this. Maybe this is my overreaction of the week, but, you know. I think I mean maybe this is a stupid statement, but a better team beats the Ravens. Um, you know, a better offense, a team with a better offense wins that game. Comes back and beats the Ravens. Fourth quarter. I mean, there were several moments that, you know, in that second half where had the Giants been able to really capitalize, it's a very different game. Um, and, and look, coulda, woulda, shoulda, but it still makes it concerning, um, as you go into the playoffs and when you, when you think, okay, this is a flawed team, you know, we're not going into the playoffs 14 and two with our chests out, like we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. This is a team that's got flaws and got some depth issues in certain places that could be kryptonite in the playoffs absolute kryptonite so a lot of things are going to need to continue to go right things like the offense playing the way they're playing keeping the defense off the field to keep them fresh and healthy and you know cutting down on some of these end of game miscues that tend to happen now here's my question to you is this because we've seen this it's not like this doesn't seem like it's a anomaly. This is somewhat of a trend at this point that the Ravens defense isn't as locked down as you might want them to be um, and will allow a team to come back, which isn't great when you think that, you know, we don't play well in shootouts necessarily. So with that said, is this scheme related or is this player related? I don't think it's scheme. Because if if you remember back to the game, the Giants' touchdown drive came after a roughing the kicker penalty, directly after three straight sacks. And the three straight sacks were largely, in my mind, scheme-driven. So, I mean, without that roughing the kicker, and of course you can't say without that penalty because it happened, you know, the defense gets off the field right there. 
you know, they do their yeah, job. True. Um, true. So I think the that scheme, was a great theory. Yeah, that was awesome. That that scheme, you know, they they dialed up the pressure on Jones in the second half to make things happen. Uh, you know, he was able to make some really nice plays. The Ravens also make some, made some mistakes like that roughing the kicker uh, penalty that I referred to. I don't think it's scheme. I think a lot of it is a little bit of depth issues. Um, guys just being hurt, essentially, because, I mean, Averett is getting all these snaps, and he started the season as the fifth corner. Is that right? Um he had he had he had he played 100 percent of the snaps. Yeah, you know Humphrey gets hurt, which makes Tremont Williams he be on the field. He was fifth corner because uh, Tavon. Right. Was our, and and was you see these you see these guys getting snaps that like generally wouldn't or generally shouldn't, and yeah. you know plays are going to be made against them. Um, but that being said, you know the defense did their job. They only gave up one touchdown drive. Um, they held the Giants to two, two other field goals. The one touchdown drive was because of a special teams mistake by a guy who just started playing special teams this year. So, you know, when that is said, you know, I'm not too concerned about the, the defense. Against better teams that come back, like the Browns came back on us, um, you know, in that podcast or, or maybe last week, I referred to other leads that this defense has given up. It's not what you want to see when you've invested so much in the defense. So that part concerns me. But, you know, I think healthy, th- this group is, is good enough to compete with anybody. No, healthy, there's no question. I mean, that that goes without saying. I mean, I, I think the question right now is in its current state, it, is it, is it going to be able to? And I'm not sure. You know, obviously, we're going to find out. Um, hopefully, the hopefully the answer is it will because everybody gets healthy at the right time. You know, mm-hmm. they can. And, you know, we hit it right. Yeah, um, I mean, but, like, when you have Tremont Williams, 37 years old, playing 86% of your snaps instead of Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters, like, things are going to happen. Oh, you know? well, that, <laughs> like, that goes without saying. Absolutely. And, and that's part of part of my point you know is you know it's it, it, it's worth asking but also some of that was still happening when we had marcus peters and jimmy smith on the field like i, I yeah. correct me if i'm wrong but they both played against the titans that's true jimmy smith got hurt against the titans i believe but yeah no nah, I, I i know what you're saying I mean, yeah this is you know and and I love Wink Martindale. I'm not sitting here trying to, you know, oh, he's blowing it or anything like that. I think he's a fantastic defensive coordinator. But the question has to be asked at some point, you know, what are we doing with leads late in games that's causing these things to happen? Yeah, I think, like, I I don't know. You you know how, how the offense is built to play with the lead? You know, we have these we have these good corners, but unfortunately hurt. We have some pass. We've added pass rush. You know, it, it, hopefully it is the defense built to play with the lead. And I don't know. I mean, it seems like leads tend certainly to not seem a little wide. tenuous. Right. Yeah. Yeah, not wide. yeah. They seem a little tenuous so far. But yeah. um, again, they I, they. 
they, of course, did enough to, to beat the Giants. Um, let's see. Do you have anything else to mention? Anything on special teams? Uh, special teams' interesting thing was James Prochet being a healthy scratch. Devin DuVernay handling punts and kickoffs. Uh, nice 19-yard return for DuVernay. Do you think that is a change that will stick? Or is yeah, we'll have one to week look deal? at that. I found that, I found that a little interesting. I mean, I guess we were talking before we were recording. I mean, it, there had to be another position that, you know, they wanted to increase, whether that was DBs, which you would imagine was probably the case. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's for the same reason that, you know, Ingram was a healthy scratch. I mean, I, I think I'd rather have Brochet on the roster than a guy like Chris Moore. But that said, you know, if you've got DuVernay, who can pretty much, at least from his showing on Sunday, replicate what Brochet can bring to the table as a punt returner, it, you know, it might be the a fairly sound decision, um, you know, on roster management. Certainly he's a player I'd rather see play more on offense, but, you know, as this team is currently, you know, currently uh, constructed, I think it, it probably maybe, maybe we're, we're, we're making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get interesting as, as guys on the defense get healthy. Um, how, how that roster crunch continues, but um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I was surprised to see that. I think DuVernay was more than worthy, uh, more than a worthy replacement. Um, so it was good to see him. Anytime he gets the ball in his hands, I mean, it, it's a good thing for the Ravens, essentially. Um, so more touches for him is good. Uh, I did want to talk about, and maybe maybe this is my overreaction of the week, the delay of game taken on the field goal. I mean, that that's pretty inexcusable, right? I mean, I know yeah. the offense wants to stay out there and, and go. Am I wrong? Weren't there a couple of those situations? We just look sloppy at a, a couple points. There were, yeah, and, and a lot of times the play call comes in late and the offense gets to the line of scrimmage with like six or seven seconds left on the on the play clock. And then you like essentially have to immediately hike it, and you don't really get to see like what the defense is is doing. When it's when it's a fourth and three, I, I know that the offense always pushes to stay on the field right there, but like, come on, man, you you they took three points off the board right there. Yeah. Like in a, in a close game, that's not going to cut it. Like you you would have, like they should have called a timeout. They should have done something. Like I mean, like things like that are are fairly inexcusable for for a playoff team, and especially for a, for a head coach who, who's been around for that long, yeah. as long as Harbaugh has. Well, hey, let's face it, that roughing the the punter play was awful. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, there's stuff that you just shake your head sometimes with, and I don't know. I mean, I guess yeah, but, some I mean, players maybe, are just stupid sometimes, but but I don't know. I mean, I I like felt that he should have blocked it. <laughs> I think he just missed it. Yeah, I don't know. I, there there were just some things on Sunday. We were just like, what are we doing? Like, this is not what a, a Super Bowl contender does. Yeah, and and, and you that's know, what so, I worry about, man. I you know, I it just as we finish 
talking about this game and moving on to the Bengals. You know, it's just games like games like Sunday make you question how far the Ravens is going to be able to go if they're able to make the playoffs. But just because they continue to seemingly play down to their competition week to week. And yes, they won the game by multiple scores, but it's just, you know, for a 27 to 13 win, it didn't, I mean, look, and, and there were a lot of positives with the offense, certainly, but it just, I don't know. I didn't, I, I left the game feeling more blah than warm and fuzzy. You know, I, I, to a certain extent, I definitely agree with that because as good as we talk about the, you know, the Giants defense is pretty solid. They're still five and 10. Like they're not a good team. No. They're only, they're only in the division hunt because the rest of the division sucks. Like it's not a good football team. Like even if they make the playoffs, they're not going to challenge anybody for the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. If anyone in the NFC East ends up representing that conference in the Super Bowl, it will be a travesty of sports. Right. So just lapses like that, I mean, there was there was there was another delay game penalty that you said. We had two of those. We had another illegal formation penalty. We had countless defensive penalties in the second half. I mean, that's just not it's not championship football, no. I guess. You know, it was, it was certainly very, very good enough to win on Sunday in a dominant fashion, but that's not championship football. And, and you know, maybe that's, you know, maybe I'm being a little too critical, but, you know, you don't see good, better teams doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's what I'm, maybe that's what I'm stuck on. Um, yeah. So maybe that's, I, that's my overreaction of the week. So you hate so you, John Harbaugh. Is he losing yeah, the clubhouse? Is he is he losing the locker room, TK? He's out. He's out. He's lost the OGs, which means me. Gotcha. No, I'm I'm kidding. Who's your your replacement? Uh, me. You? Wow. I was gonna go like Ray Lewis or Ed Reed, but I mean, you're like ready to just be your yourself. You're taking over. Yeah, give me what? Give me unlimited. What's the movie where like the kid owns the the baseball team? Rookie of the year. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I think there's uh, a movie where is it a kid owns the Minnesota Twins or something. Anyway, whatever. Rookie of the Year is good, though, by the way, with the kid. Yeah. Rowan mm-hmm. Gardner, right? With yep, Henry. That's, yeah. Let's go. That's a game just yep. floats it at the end. Just float it. You know? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> getting off, getting off topic again. A little bit, a uh, little bit. Di- digressing, we thought this was, we bit. thought this was going to be a short episode, but whatever. <laughs> All right. So you gave your game ball to Chris Board. I'm going to go. Gr- yes, Gus sir. Edwards over 120 total yards. My pop of the week is Gus Edwards too. He had a nasty stiff arm in the second quarter, and he lowered his shoulder on his nice catch and run along the sideline in in the fourth quarter. So Gus Edwards, two pops of the week for me. How about you? My pops of the week are the uh, back-to-back-to-back sacks. We've been waiting for that for so long. Granted, the drive got a little skewed by the uh, roughing the punter penalty, but that was still pretty awesome. So that gets my pop of the week. That was sick, for sure. Um, Okay, 
Let's look forward. Week 17, last regular season game of the year. The Cincinnati, the hot Cincinnati Bengals. Brandon Allen and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, the Ravens go into. Brandon, don't call me Josh Allen. I mean, are you concerned? No. These are these Bengals are hot. They are. That that's that's they just they just beat the Patriots. And I'm just, wow, the Pittsburgh Steelers, not the Patriots, and the Houston Texans. Uh, Brandon Allen, like you said, is is leading the way. Ryan Finley beat the Steelers. Um, uh, no, I'm not concerned. And, and maybe this is this. I'll jump right into my bulletin board material. Is it's going to be on the coaching staff to make sure that the team doesn't start looking ahead to the playoffs? Because, like you said, Bengals are are playing well. I read a stat today that says when they have losing seasons. Uh, the Bengals have won 12 straight Week 17 games, including that devastating 2017 game where, uh, you know, don't want to talk about that one, but I think the Ravens remember Andy Dalton and a Tyler Boyd long touchdown uh, play at the last second to knock the Ravens out of the playoffs. But Maybe a little bit concerned. I don't think so, though. I think this team is is in a much different mental place than they were last year. In which, you know, this year they kind of have to fight for everything that they're getting. Uh, they're they're kind of have to having to claw from behind after being outside of the playoff picture for so long. Um, I think they're going to be okay on Sunday. I I tend to agree with you. I think they're going to be okay. I'm not. I'm not going like overly concerned. But certainly, you know, especially considering the Bengals are hot, they're you know they can't be overlooked. They could they could definitely jump up and bite us. You know, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins can do some damage. Obviously, Brandon Allen's had a couple you know nice games leading the Ra- or the Ravens leading the Bengals to to some wins. So you know, I mean, anything can happen in the NFL. The Ravens need to come to play. And hopefully they do that against the Bengals because we need to see that. And then the Ravens, obviously, this is a must win. They've got to stay hot going into the playoffs. It has to happen. You know, they need to get that same bump that they got at the end of 2012. You know, we keep talking about that, or I keep bringing it up. You know, how in December that team just started to gel and they took advantage of that schedule and went into the playoffs hot. And hopefully this is seeing, you know, this patchwork offensive line, you know, starting to gel enough. You know, now we've got this new wrinkle with this jet sweep. We've got a nice little red zone sweat, uh, red zone uh, option with Dez, along with uh, Marquise heating up a little bit and, uh, you know, uh, Mando heating up a little bit. So, I mean, it, it could get really interesting in the playoffs if the Ravens stay hot and they have to stay hot against the Bengals. Yeah, for sure. I want to read you the injury report that was released today, um, and I'm going to leave off the guys that were non-injury related. Um, Clay, oh, I'm sorry, he was non-injury related. Marlon Humphrey, knee and shoulder, did not participate. Mark Ingram, illness, did not participate. Pat McCary, who we didn't mention, uh, got hurt. During the game, and Matt Scurriff came yeah. back in. He had some, again, some questionable snaps, but, you know, 
nothing horrible. Uh, Yannick Ndakwe was hurt during the game. He did not practice his thigh. Jimmy Smith, again, did not practice. Willie Sneed had an ankle after his awkward fall uh, after a catch. He did not participate. But Marcus Peters returned to limited participation. So, again, a lot of very important names on that injury so list are healthy. not uh well <laughs> no I, I'm not saying that yeah uh so getting some of these guys back or at least uh having them limited participate would be nice uh during the week and having them available because like you said there are some weapons on that Bengals offense that that can make you pay um the other interesting wrinkle is now Sam Cook has been added to the COVID nineteen list, and you know Sam Cook doesn't all that much. I'm sorry, I missed that. I was just going Nick Moore. Nick Moore, Nick there you Moore. go. Okay, all right. I'm glad you brought that up because now we need to not only think about how to replace a punter, but Sam Cook is the holder on field goals. So that's crazy. I didn't even think about that one. But you know who it should be though. You know who I want it to be? Nick Moore. Oh. Are you kidding me? As the holder? I don't know if we want Nick Moore as the holder. I could see him being the punter or obviously the backup long snapper. As the holder? That seems weird to me. Especially if he's a lefty punter. Does that mean he's a lefty? And does that affect how he would need to catch the ball? You know what I mean? I, I have a lot of questions there, but um, I, I definitely would rather see one of our quarterbacks be the holder if it's not Cook. Yes. So uh, we keep saying Nick Moore because, as we referred to in previous episodes of the podcast, Nick Moore has experience as a punter. He's a lefty punter. He was he was preparing our punt returners as a lefty punter back when. Who, who was it that we that they were preparing for? Was it the Patriots punter? Oh gosh! Whoever it was was a lefty, but um, it Nick, wasn't Nick Moore the has Patriots. Come back here. I'm trying to remember when it was. So the other thing, uh, I almost feel it was, it was earlier. Was it the right? Was it the Washington football team? Did they have a Possibly. lefty punter? Anyway, I feel like whatever. it was early in the season. Yeah. So he does have some ability to punt. Justin Tucker also has some ability to punt. Um, the holding is going to be a little bit more interesting because the guy that was referred to uh, on Twitter earlier and got some practice time at Holder apparently was Mark Andrews. Um, mm. I have seen other teams turn to their backup quarterback. I've seen other teams turn to wideouts. I've seen um, tight ends before, yeah. Yeah, I so think, uh, that's Brian that's going to be Kitchen, who used to be a tight end for the for the Ravens back in the day. Um, he moved here with the Browns, I believe. He was a the the holder for Matt Stover. Interesting. Dang. I don't I don't recall that. Might have also been the long snapper. I stand by while I while I look up that exciting tidbit. For all yeah. of our uh, podcast yeah. listeners there, I'll, I'll uh, let you can continue on. Yes, it, it might come into play, though, because division game, Bengals are hot. You know, they play well at the end of the year. You know, 
everybody's playing for jobs over there, whatever you want to say. This has the makings of what could be a close game, um, especially with the Ravens on the road and our history of not really looking that great against Cincinnati, except for last year, Lamar Jackson had that crazy touchdown run. Um, it could get interesting. If it's a tight game, then field goal kicking is going to be uh, paramount. And uh, it'll be exciting to see. Maybe not exciting. It'll be interesting to see who that holder is going to be and how they do. I think having a guy like Morgan Cox certainly makes the holder's job very easy. I expect the Ravens will probably go for a few more fourth downs, just like the the Jags did when they had Aldrich Rosas as their kicker and their punter uh, just a couple weeks ago. So that's interesting, something to keep an eye on. Um, the other in- injuries, obviously, something to keep an eye on. A bunch of starters in that list of guys who is not uh, who are not practicing. Um, the Bengals, like we said, um, have some weapons on offense, uh, a, a middle to bottom half of the league defense. They're four and ten and one. Um, let's see. I mean, I, I don't really have much else to say about the Bengals. I think that uh, if the offense keeps rolling with the way that they are, uh, it shouldn't really, really be too big of an issue. But Injuries on defense might change some things and and make this a little bit tougher of a game than anticipated. Um, I have our answer here for uh, Brian Kenton for everyone here that was excited to find out the answers. So um, he he was a Raven, uh, as I mentioned before, from 96 to 98. He came over with the Browns. Um, and he, unfortunately, I don't believe he was a holder, but he was a long snapper. He was okay. both a tight end and a long snapper. So um, I believe he did both for the Ravens. And then once he left the Ravens, he was primarily a long snapper for both the Panthers and the Patriots. So uh, so anyway, fun, fun uh, special teams discussion. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see who ends up being our holder, though. Yeah, yeah, it'll be the it'll be the the Wolfpacks, one of their very few games apart. You know, Morgan Cox was on the yeah. COVID list earlier this year. Um, this will be this might be Ken, Sam Ken, Cooks. How about this? What if Morgan Cox is the holder and Nick Moore is the long snapper? How crazy uh, would that be? Uh, how is that any different than? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just coming up with another combination that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but anyway, whatever. We'll see what happens. Could be a bigger issue than we think, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We're, we're we'll scoffing see drop at kicks it now, out of. sort of. But now it might end up. You know, we might be. Uh, people might be yelling at us after Sunday. Yeah, I mean, we might see some drop kicks from Tucker. Um, yeah. That'll be interesting. Okay. Maybe, maybe Anything Lamar. else to add? Uh, uh, I don't know. He did punt that little thing in, in Cleveland after his touchdown. People keep posting that. Um, but Actually, here's, a, here's a big question about the week. Um, so, obviously, it's a big game for for the Ravens with, with respect to playoffs and, and all that stuff. So, you would imagine Lamar is going to play the whole game. Most likely. Or a good bit of it. Yes, un- unless it's because a blowout. on top of that, you'd also think, do points matter? Do we have to run it up for, you know, any kind? Or do we just win, we're in, regardless? Win and we're in, regardless. Okay. 
Uh, it's that yeah, out it's not like the old BCS. We could technically, um, we could then technically sit Lamar at some point in the second half. I guess why I'm bringing that up is, will Lamar be the first quarterback to run for a thousand yards in back-to-back seasons? It's possible. What does he need? Ninety-two yards. He needs. Yeah, I think it's ninety-two yards. Just under a hundred. It could happen. He got to 80 fairly easily yeah. against the Giants. I was surprised uh, when I saw that number, actually, that he was at 80. Yeah, yeah, so it could happen. Um, Do you so think the, the Ravens, Ravens will try to manufacture it? No, I don't think so. I don't think that matters to him nor the team as much I as it probably does it to us. The offensive line, I bet you they want to see it. I bet you it matters to his teammates. I bet you yeah, he doesn't probably, care about it, and more I bet so. you the coaching staff isn't going to focus on it. But I guarantee you that the offensive line cares about it. Yeah, they they want to have a 1,000-yard rusher behind them for sure. Absolutely, because um, he's the only way they're going to get one. Yeah, yeah. It it, it just seems if, – if the game's out of hand, I would probably anticipate the Jags type of game where Huntley takes over the last few drives. Yeah, and if Lamar doesn't have it by then, then you know I think they'll just let it go. It is what it is. Yeah. So the Ravens sit at the six seed right now. They have the opportunity to move all the way up to the four seed, um, which is the Titans and the Dolphins are ahead of them. The Titans play the Texans, and the Dolphins play the Bills. And the Bills are still playing for seeding, I believe. So they they they'll have to play, I believe. You know they'll have to play their guys. The Steelers um, are playing the Browns. So if the the Steelers beat the Browns with Mason Rudolph at the helm, then the Browns will get knocked off. So there's still a whole bunch of seeding questions going on with the now, AFC. Now what happens seeding wise for us if if we win mm-hmm. and the Browns beat the Steelers? Does that do anything? So the Ravens, the Ravens can't go to seven it's unless they lose. If the Ravens okay. win, then we'll have the same record as the Browns, and we're ahead of the Browns via um, a head-to-head yeah, win percentage. Right. So the Ravens can't go below the Browns. Right now, the Ravens would be matched up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they move up to the five-seed, I'm sorry. They can't, the Ravens cannot move to the four seed. That was a mistake. But I guess I guess my question was more about the Steelers. I'll be honest with you. So they wouldn't. Where would they fall if they lost? Does that move them at all? No. Drop them anywhere. They stay where they are. Okay. Nope. So yeah. So they if the Steelers lose, they're in the three seed. If the Steelers win and the Bills lose, then the Steelers will move up to two. The Bills will drop down to three. If the Ravens stay in the sixth spot, then they would play whoever the three is. If they move up to five, they would play whoever the four is. And right now, the four could be either the Tennessee Titans or the Indianapolis Colts. The Tennessee Titans and the Colts both have 10 and five records. Uh, Let's see. I think I just said the Titans play the Texans and the Colts play... I believe the Jags. Yeah. So 
It'll be interesting to watch. I mean, there's still so many combinations of seed and changes that could happen that the Ravens don't really have an idea of who they're going to play yet. The most likely options right now look like either the Steelers, the Titans, or the Colts. In that case, of those three teams, who would you want to play if the Ravens make the playoffs in the wildcard round? I mean, all things being equal, probably the Colts, but what? So I know Mason Rudolph is starting on Sunday, but I mean, are we, is there any, any concern about Ben? No, it's a rest thing. Yeah, that's just a rest thing. So I don't know. I might want to play the Steelers. Is that weird? Yeah, I think the Steelers kind of stink. I don't know. <laughs> like that, that's just the, the feeling that I I mean, get. everybody keeps saying, like, these other teams keep going, oh, yeah, the Ravens showed the way. No, we lost the game. Um, I, there's a team I think I'd like to play most. I, I If we've got one game, I mean, I, I would, are we likely to play the Colts? I just think we'd play end up playing a better team than the Colts. I think the only way that would happen if we play the Colts would be if the Ravens move up to the five spot, the Colts win their division, so they're in the four spot. That's yeah. the only way it would happen. And that would so require... So most likely, it's, we're probably going to play the Titans. Is that... Right now... Right now, we're lined up to play the Steelers. Oh. Well, if that's... So as, as it stands right now... As as it as it stands right now, we have the one seed Chiefs getting a bye, the two seed playing the two seed Bills playing the seven Browns, three Steelers playing the six Ravens, and four Titans playing the five Dolphins. Two through seven, huh? Poor Dolphins. Um, Yeah, I just don't. I just don't want to play the Titans. Yeah, not yet. I don't. (laughs) I don't know. I, I like the seeds uh, two through seven are still. Although that said, look, man, I mean, you talk about that storybook road through the play, you know, through the teams you want to beat and blah, blah, blah. So we beat the Steelers in round one. Then would we play the Chiefs, I guess? Would we be the lowest seed? Unless, unless the seven beats whoever the two is. So that would be what the Dolphins. That would be right now. Scenario, right now, that would, would be, be the Dolphins beating the Titans. That would be the Browns beating the Bills right now. Oh, I'm sorry. so then the Browns would go into Kansas City, and the Ravens would travel to Tennessee. Tennessee, right? yes. As it stands so, right now. Yeah, exactly. This is all the hypothetical playoff scenario. But so we, we exercise the demons in Pittsburgh. Then we go to Tennessee, exercise the demons, rip the ponytail off Henry's face or head or whatever I'm trying to say. And then we end up going to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. And overcoming those demons to go to Tampa. So, what do you think? Is that the is that the story of the season? That's Did the hardest road. To? I think that's the toughest road. 
unless I think unless that's the most likely road. Yeah, unless there's a way that we we would need to play the Bills and the Chiefs. No, the Bills look pretty good. Say, so if the Bills beat the Browns, would we go to Tennessee or would we end up going to Buffalo? If the two beats the seven, then the, then the Ravens as the six will be the lowest seed remaining, which means we oh, would go, so to we'd go to City. Kansas City. And then, and then the next game there, potentially Tennessee or or Buffalo. Right. So we could we could let uh, the Titans do their thing in the <laughs> in the semis or the court, you know, whatever in the you know in the second round, round of the playoffs yeah. <laughs> against the Bills, and we can see them after they've run out of juice in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> <laughs> It's you know what, this is this is exactly what the Ravens team can't do, is is what my bulletin board material was, focus on yeah. week seventeen. But we can do it, it fans. Yeah, yeah. All this stuff the is the season. That's how all it's these combinations, go permutations are too much for me. I gotta yeah. I gotta stay on week seventeen. I need a week. When we win in you week know 17. when we're writing the script as we've been asked to do for that Sports Illustrated video that goes out at the end of the you know Super Bowl. You know, it's gonna be. They, they it's gonna be this the segment. Season. It's gonna be. Boom. It's gonna start with this. It's gonna be. It's yeah. gonna be this gonna segment of us trying to figure football. out the seeds. Hey everybody! <laughs> it's GK and Andrew Howie. What's going on? <laughs> and we have no idea what's gonna happen. Exactly. That's how. That's how the DVD. You're football prognosticators. Right. Oh, and then my. the next. And then the next one will be Lamar running out of the di- yeah. diarrhea locker room. Oh my God, that's absolutely going to be the best. It's going to be the <laughs> best. From the shits to the ship. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be yeah. amazing, man. For sure. Uh, All right. From the toilet to Tampa. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, let's get a prediction and then we'll sign off. Um, you know what? I'm going to say 20, 28 to 10. Sure. I like that. I was going to say 27, 13. Same score as week 16. We both think that the Ravens go into Cincinnati and get a win, wait to make their way into the playoffs. Are they going to be the five seed? Are they going to be the six seed? Nobody knows, but it'll be another playoff appearance for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Holly, go ahead and sign us off, man. Hey, everybody. It's, it's the end of 2020. We sit here on Wednesday the 30th, getting ready to ring in the new year. I hope everyone does it safely. And let's get that first win of the 2021 year calendar, or calendar year, if I can speak English. And let's go Ravens. Go Ravens.